Hey there, how's your bubble? How's your pod? How's your post-election pre-inauguration in-between holiday fugue state going? It is November of 2020, and this is Mike with another episode of Make Every Media. This one was a runner-up for inclusion in year one of Make Every Media's podcast hatchery, mostly because it's a personal project, a personal pilot, something I've been thinking about for at least a year. Okay, maybe I've been thinking about it for nine years. Three to five individual therapy, two years preventative couples therapy, and now coming up on a full year of group therapy. Loss of sibling grief group, to be more specific. I lost my sister, Deborah to ocular melanoma about nine years ago now, on May 14th of 2013. And this is the first time I'm speaking about it publicly, really, since, I don't know, 2016? Episode two of this podcast, I guess? At the end of that episode, I played a piece recorded by my nephew in 2014, a year after his mother's death. So I was able to process a little bit through the creation of that piece, but I haven't really been able to make heads or tails of it since then. Not everybody processes their grief in this way, that they have to make art from it, but I know that I probably do. I think it would help. I've heard that an important part of the mourning process does involve community, grieving publicly. And that's just not something I've ever allowed myself to do much of, unless it was through a part in a play, maybe, or a Sondheim musical. I mean, I didn't even feel like I could or should process publicly until around October of last year, when I was at Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago for the first time. I had been going to grief group for just a few weeks at that point, and hearing so many people tackling their deepest, darkest issues through the medium of podcasting and through this grief group, I started November of 2019 feeling inspired and ready to dive in. And now, just a little over a year later, I'm still not sure it's ready yet. It's a little too raw, maybe a little too honest, a little too personal. But the Make Every Media podcast is now just about five years old, and I'm almost 40. So it feels like this is the right time to take a bit of a leap. That's two years older than my older sister ever was. And that is crazy to me. It blows my mind. She'll always be about six and a half years older than me in there. Anyway, now I'm just going to go ahead and play some of this audio that I recorded seven or eight months ago, when I thought I had a decent angle on this thing, what I was going to make of it. This is a conversation I had on March 9th of 2020, pre-pandemic, with my wife Megan, who happens to be studying to be a death doula, and this conversation is mixed together with an update I recorded on April 2nd of 2020, about a month later, which is the me that you'll hear first, actually, with old-timey music called April Showers playing behind it. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Hello, and welcome to Grief Hoarders, the American art of grief hoarding. I've read Mary Kondo's book, The Art of Tidying Up. I've watched some of her TV show, and something about it doesn't work for me. And I'm trying to figure out what that is. I'm trying to figure out why I can't let go of certain things. Why I can't let go of a lot of things. Papers, memorabilia, old posters, greeting cards, old toys. Still got the storage unit out there. I wanted to make this podcast before the pandemic, but then the pandemic hit, and it seems like I should still make this podcast. Uh, it seems like a much greater percentage of people are now grieving various things. Loss of family and friends and time. Loss of work and projects and really community and contact and a feeling of security. Now it feels like the whole world is grieving. But ultimately this podcast is still 
about my own personal journey with grief and the tendency to hoard grief, to collect and not be able to let go of physical objects. I'm your host, Michael Furgefeb. No, I'm your host, I'm your host Megan, Megan Moten, wife of Michael Furgefeb, <laughs> and this is our son. I've just been, I've been stuck because of, I don't know, finally processing some grief nine years later. Pressure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of pressure to be processing grief and getting married and being married and, yeah, you know, open, starting a new business and managing people and wrangling clients and going to therapy, having a family and just being a human being on top of everything else and trying to do new things. You, Yeah, you've, you kind of, you're getting it coming and going. I started this with a discussion with Megan about my clutter and about my end-of-life plan. Effectively, we're having to make up systems that work for ourselves. Like, we've read all these organization books, but ultimately it comes down to what works for us, what feels good, and what ultimately helps you to be more relaxed and content. Before I even started tackling my clutter or my grief, really, I wanted to have some semblance of an end-of-life plan in place. Uh, now, this is not something everybody has to do. A lot of people maybe don't care about what happens when they die, but for me, it, was, it felt like it was kind of hanging over my head, and it still is a little bit. I'm not, like, quite done. I haven't quite outlined everything, like where all my hard drives go. <laughs> that seems to be the thing I'm stuck on. Where do my hard drives go? Who do I trust my hard drives with? And do I expect them to do anything with my data, my content? That kind of sent me off on yet another quest to organize all my data. I feel like that's still where I am. I'm still organizing my data, my digital data, and my office, and our house. That's what this podcast is about for me, is just figuring out some organization systems digitally and in the physical realm, outlining them and seeing if I can stick to them. And then the next step would be to get out of that storage unit. And then the next step would be talking about my grief. And I suppose it's relevant to my aspirations of death doula work and end of life work. If I'm deferring to my doula training, then it's, it's not supposed to be about me ever. I think it's important to know what you want it to be, but I'm willing to be the, the window into it if you think it's too much to spill your guts on your grief hoarding on top of spilling your guts about your grief and trying to put it into some sort of framework. You've got at least three jobs there on top of any audio editing. A lot of my organizational systems actually come from digital organization uh -huh. for me. Like that's how That's the one area where I feel like I have been able to mm -hmm. sort things better For and sure. uh, figure things out through those digital systems. And that's why I kind of imagine starting here mm -hmm. <laughs> at this place where I connect, I interface with the digital, this desk where the papers come in. And if I can just figure that out, I'll be in a better place. I've just been putting it off for so long. Yeah. And I don't know. You've created a narrative around I it. I don't know what it's all about. Because you're organizing all of this, but you're also writing a podcast in your mind. You have a, a hero's journey to mm. complete. Well, I feel like that's just a tool to help me actually do it. 
that's when I get started and get into the stuff is when I'm talking it out. And mm -hmm. I've thought a few different things about, about it so far. I thought to use the tool of narrative to help me organize my life, I would make an episode about each of the most immediate problem areas. Like maybe not even get into the grief stuff quite yet, like just sort of tease it, mm. you know? Because I don't want it to be all about grief. I don't want it to be entirely about grief. If I name it Grief Hoarders, then it might be. But we can keep talking about the name. I thought I'd have episode one be in the office, focused on digital systems. And episode one. Episode one. The office. Digital systems. <laughs> um, and, you know, maybe radiating out from the computer to, like, stuff like what I was going to show you earlier. Something very calming about just knowing what goes in my bag. Making maps like this might might help me to figure out what it is that I'm missing. Because, like, even just this is sort of helping me. You've created a default. It's a default. And I would like to know what's in this desk, too. And I have lists and workflowy that I've started mm -hmm. that are, like, places for things. Middle drawer, left drawer, right drawer. And just being sort of strict about it like that, I think, is going to help me. Knowing that the hard drives go over on the rack yeah. over there. You've made homes for wires. things, which make certain kinds of of organizing very easy like you know exactly yeah. where the hard drives go but then you get into like papers and that's a whole other thing because that's yeah. you know each paper has a different home yeah. and it's, it's not it's not a wholesale thing it requires an additional level of scrutiny yeah once you get into to organizing and categorizing things you get into like levels of categories and if my pens all go here then all these pens have to be here and if i have all these pens here then they don't fit in this box and i have to find a new home for all the pens and on and on and on we're married now so we can combine some systems and i have some existing systems that i think can be a pressure valve we have done a fair amount of rearranging in the last few weeks of quarantine, of isolation, and things are feeling better, but I still don't feel like I have a complete system quite in place. Ideally, I would have a place for everything, and I would know where everything was at all times. Like every wire, every cable, every file, every hard drive, every notebook, but it hasn't quite settled in yet to all that. You've got your own pressure. That's good. That's part of it can be self-motivating, but I just don't want you to beat yourself up if you're not like, like, uh, why don't I do this? It's like, cause it's hard. You have something and you're trying to evolve it. Gonna feel a little claustrophobic and gross, but you're almost there. You, you've, you're evolving a system and I think that's pretty cool. So tell me what you did today. <laughs> uh, I'm on vacation from work and I've got all this time and we're coming up on four years living together and I know you just have a lot of reorganization projects and goals that have been here with us the whole time and I have my own hopes about the house so I just decided to take all this free time that I've got and slide some stuff around. Played a little bit of Animal Crossing with our own house. desk out of our bedroom my bedroom desk yeah your your bedroom study which has just been mostly covered with like clothes or clothes and your glasses and it's got my odds and glasses. ends and video game bits and yeah wires and boxes cute mm -hmm. little candles and shit. sometimes receipts yeah and um i think that's i don't know if I've, where I heard this, but I'm positive it's not my own thought but it's just one of those magnet areas that accumulates stuff mm -hmm. and so i was just thinking that from a, a design point of view, what did I think 
looked congested in our bedroom and could use a little bit of, of fresh air is that space. And so I pulled that into your office and I think that's going to be useful there because you could use more flat surfaces and here. workspaces here in the office. Where yeah. we are right now. And that's basically all I did today was I went around and I looked for areas that looked congested and looked like magnets for, for stuff. And I... I'm trying to be sensitive about a lot of things while I'm doing this because um, I know a lot of stuff is sentimental for you. I know a lot of stuff is business for you. I know a lot of stuff is uh, kind of like this stand repurposed, sort of like these little Rube Goldberg machines you make, <laughs> which is not, not not the best way to describe it, but uh, you know what I mean. Um, I think that's probably the best way to describe it. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm going through and I'm just trying to like separate out things a little bit like most of the stuff that's in the office right now I think are things that are either relevant to your business or are supplies in some kind of sense like the toolbox over here and I think that's going to give the space a little bit more purpose I'm just trying to make dedicated spaces I've made a bit of a mess of our little flop area over there but I think it's all part of like just yeah just sifting you mean the the, the, the library the, the library the library media nook. center breakfast tarot nook yeah what should be our dining room but yeah we don't dine. Right. We don't have a dining table. Right. For TV tray people. Yeah. <laughs> I might have one out at my storage unit still. Oh, goodness. A dining, a dining table. I think table. we looked I for think, it and think it wasn't it, in there because those I think rooms I are did very small. Finally, I think we did get rid of it. I think right. I gave it to Goodwill but it was finally. Table. Well, it was just a table that we uh, carved pumpkins on Oh, it was together. a family table. It was like a family dining okay. room table. Um, maybe in Plano or mm. one of our earlier houses in Fort Worth. And uh, yeah, I remember that being a big deal. Getting rid of that. Mm -hmm. I I think. (laughs) I don't think it's out there anymore. Well, even if the table itself wasn't a sentimental relic, the questioning is just very important, I think, to you and to your family to just acknowledge, like, is this something that's going to matter a lot if we don't have? Which breaks into the questions of, like, what are valuable memories and what aren't and what are, you know what's a valuable item and what's not. And you could write entire theses about what is considered significant. And this is Mike back in November of 2020, seven months later. And I think right there in the final moments of this first mix is where we hit upon what the podcast might actually be about, which is the process of going through your things with a trusted partner, friend, professional organizer, talking about the memories associated with those things, documenting them, and seeing if that helps loosen up the bonds to the actual objects, allowing us to thank them and let them go. At least that's what I think it's about here in November. My loss of sibling grief group has also expressed some interest in helping with the podcast, telling their stories, going through some of their things. My partner Megan might take an episode to talk about her death doula training, which has evolved into mortuary school. We will even hear from a professional organizer who specializes in grief and ADHD, specifically organizing your papers, which is probably honestly still where I am. Meanwhile, if any of this or any of the last three pilot episodes we produced this year have been interesting to you, helpful, entertaining, if you'd like to support the production of community, artist-based podcasting, we do have a Patreon page over at patreon.com slash makeeverymedia. We also do this commercially now. We produce movies and virtual conferences remotely. Remotely. You can find out more about all that at makeeverymedia.com. Until next time, happy holidays, happy new years, or to anyone grieving a loved one, hang in there. We'll see you on the other side of the holiday season.